0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the Weekend Mailbag. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Jet one And I am joined, as always, by the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And, of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. Chris, what's going on, sir?
0: Uh, just trying to enjoy these last few days of vacation.
1: The calm before the storm, yeah, right?
0: Exactly exactly
1: yeah we've got a lot of stuff going on in fact as we tape this the rookies checked in every rookie except for Quentin williams i would tell you that we'd talk about that but there's really nothing new there still exactly where we were the last time we answered that question which i believe was actually on the last mailbag so hopefully some progress gets made on that front but there was some positive news as one of the jets late round draft picks had something good to say today
0: yeah, Buston Austin tweeted out that he got the clear, all clear from the doctors. Uh, not exactly sure, you know, the extent of what that means. If that means that he's going to be, like, cleared and ready to go for training camp. Obviously, we'll find that out next week as the players report. Um, but this is something that, you know, when he was drafted, you obviously had the doctor on and talked about his injury, and it didn't seem like anyone who was expecting him to contribute at all this year, uh, to him being excited about the news and t- talking about it being cleared, it seems like maybe he will be able to do something this year, get a little work in, and that can be good for him. And you know, if he's actually able to uh, practice and play and do something, then we can see what he what he's got because it's obviously the cornerback position is a position of need for them, so uh, that that could be really huge for them. But regardless. Of the extent of it, it's definitely a huge good thing, good sign for him. And uh, he's progressing more and more and seems to be a little bit ahead of schedule.
1: Jets will check in Wednesday, and so we will begin our daily podcast on thursday if you recall we did that last year with all the training camp practices and everybody loved it so we're going to be doing it again chris you'll be doing the vast majority of those with me matt stipelkowski will step in for a bit too in august because i believe you're going to california do i have that right
0: yes i i will be going out to lake tahoe missing a couple practices right after the night after the the, the play at the giants
1: in the preseason game
0: i got to go out to tahoe to go See one of my best friends get married, so got, I got to miss a couple of days to go to go do that. And uh, you know, me me being out in California in Lake Tahoe, I'm, I'm not gonna turn down that opportunity
1: nor should you and that's what makes you a very big deal taking advantage exactly. of all the best opportunities in life like the opportunity to answer questions from jets fans which we had plenty of in the mailbag and we'll start with one of our favorites sean stalker he says scott and a very big deal chris nimbly sam could get six games versus 2018 first round quarterbacks this year which is true actually he's going to get assuming that there are no injuries Two games against Josh Allen with the Bills. Two games against Josh Rosen with the Dolphins. And then he's going to play Baker Mayfield with the Browns. And Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. So he's going to get a shot at every single first-round quarterback from 2018. And he'll see Allen and Rosen twice barring injuries. What will the Jets' record be in those games? Can you see Sam closing the gap or passing Baker this year as tops from the class? Baker's hype is high and he has better weapons. But it could be combustible with Odell Beckham. So let's take this piece by piece here. Do I think that Sam can close the gap on Mayfield? Absolutely I do. Now... As you identified, Sean, I think that Mayfield has a big leg up because of the fact that he already was working within this system last year when Freddie Kitchens took over, so that system gets maintained. And he obviously has much better surrounding talent. Now, Le'Veon Bell is outstanding, and I'm glad that they added Jamison Crowder, but let's not joke about this. The Browns have much better skill position talent than the Jets do, and they have a much better offensive line as well. That said, I believed before the draft, and I still do, that Darnold is a better quarterback. I think his skill set will get him further in the long run, especially the ability to throw on the run and the anticipation throws that he makes. I don't think Mayfield is anywhere close to Darnold in those categories, so I do think that it's possible that Darnold will close the gap. Do I think that it's going to happen? I'd say that at best it's 50-50, but because of the weapons, I think that Mayfield may still have a better year. As far as what their record will be in those games... I'm going to say that they'll split with Buffalo, sweep Miami, and they will beat the Ravens and lose to the Browns. So I'm going to say that they'll go 500 in those games, 3 and 3. And do I think that Baker is going to be combustible with Odell Beckham? Certainly possible because they're fiery personalities, but I think that they both have their eyes on the prize, they both want to win, and I also think that It's been overplayed how much both guys are a quote-unquote problem. I haven't seen teammates complaining about them. If that starts to happen, then we'll see, but I think they'll be fine. So I think that they'll go 3-3 and in those games against the rookie quarterbacks. I think it's certainly possible that Darnold will close the gap on Mayfield as the best quarterback from that class, but I wouldn't count on it. And I think that it's possible that Mayfield and Beckham will be combustible, but I would bet against that.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say that the, that he is gonna close the gap a little bit. It's just a question of a how much, and then how much people are going to notice or, with that. Because I still think, like you said, and like you said, the the Browns have much better weapons around them. They have a better offensive line. So I think just looking at it on a very surface level way, that that gap probably won't close. It, as much as it will when you really start digging into it and start taking every all the factors into context, then I think that it'll be a lot different and then you can see that it, the gap is shrinking even closer. Um, I, I definitely agree so uh, with that and he's going to close it, but just the Browns, I think there's an overall better team. They have less holes there, so just again on the surface level right away, I think it's still going to probably be um, he's going to appear that Baker is is a better quarterback more than it actually is. But I do think that, you know, if the Jets can go into this season, have him uh, play healthy, continue to improve, and then they can make necessary improvements in the off season, then next year we can see where people will be like, oh, wait, hey, this is Sam Darnold who is you know, a few years younger than Baker Mayfield, might actually be the better quarterback. I could definitely see that happening. Um, as far as the, uh, the record against the, the other quarterbacks, we'll have to see exactly how this plays out because we'll have to wait and see. We're, we're just assuming that Rosen's going to be the starter here, which is likely the case. Uh but if, if Ryan Fitzpatrick ends up starting one of those games or both those games, I'm convinced that the Dolphins are gonna beat the Jets in, in in one of those games. Just that's just the way the universe works. It's cruel, it's gonna be make no sense, but Ryan Fitzpatrick will end up leaving some like fifty point putting up fifty points on them to a win or something. Um and then we'll see with Josh Allen if he stays healthy. But I'll I'll go three and three as well. I I think that, you know, if it's if it's Rosen both times, that Miami team is really bad um so they should sweep miami regardless but uh i'm gonna go three and three i don't The Baltimore's baltimore is funny because uh you know that whole uh linebacker core is basically gone but there's still going to be a really good solid team so that's going to be tough and uh, playing the browns without chris herndon Uh, it's going to be tough for them to to win that game early in the season. So uh, I'll I'll play it safe for three and three there. But I I don't think you're going to look at that to, you know, judge how good Sam is doing at this point. Sam's going to be just fine.
1: I misspoke, actually. I said that the Jets would beat the Ravens. I meant to say that they would lose to the Ravens, and that's where the 3-3 three and three record would come from. And it's not because I think that Lamar Jackson will outplay Sam Darnold. I don't. I just think that the Ravens are going to be a really tough matchup for the Jets. And I think that the Ravens yeah. will win a close game. But I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility that the Jets could win that game. So we'll see what happens. I really don't think it's out of the realm of the possibility that the Jets could win any of those games. They could still beat the Browns. It's at home. It's not impossible. Absolutely. They'll be underdogs, Absolutely. I would assume. But still, there's no reason that they couldn't potentially win that game. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next question comes in from Michael Palace. He says, between Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, and Deshaun Watson, because Patrick Mahomes is completely unreasonable, of course he's completely unreasonable in this. Which young quarterback's second season do you see Sam Darnold's 2019 season most resembling? Leaving Mahomes aside for the reason that you said, which is completely true, I think if I were to make a prediction as far as whose second season it's going to mirror, I'd say somewhere between Goff and Wentz. I know that's kind of cheating a little bit. I don't know that he's going to be quite as good as Wentz was that MVP year, but I think he's going to be better than Goff was. So, somewhere in there, I think that's your sweet spot, and that's what I expect from Sam Darnold in year number two.
0: Yeah, you know, I kind of have to give the same answer, and it's because, but for a slightly different reason. Like, my initial reaction was to go golf, but I can't go golf there, even though I think. Sam Darnold will actually be a better quarterback this year than uh, Goff was uh, his second year, or even than Goff will be next year. Because uh, uh, we've had this talk over there. I'm not the biggest uh, Goff believer, but the the jump that Goff made and from his first year where he looked like one of the worst quarterbacks to ever play the position to McVay coming in and making him into a competent quarterback is a much bigger jump than uh than Sam could possibly make. Basically, That that would be basically going to Mahomes' level. We'd be expecting him for him to make that big of a jump. Um, Where with Wentz, I don't think it was as quite drastic as a jump, but I can see him playing at a similar level, just he's not going to have the exact same uh, benefit of that Eagles team around him where just the weapons were everywhere and they had one of, if not the best, offensive lines in football. So it's gonna be. I'm gonna go somewhere in in the middle there because like golf, that jump. If we're talking about Sam making a jump like golf made from one to two, then we're we're almost talking about Mahomes level, and that is way too much to expect.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next question comes in from Peter Dillard. He says, gentlemen, I'm still concerned with safety depth. Peter being concerned about something? No, say it isn't so. (laughs) If May gets hurt this year, who do you feel can do a good job on this roster of filling in? I lost all confidence in safety depth after losing Terrence Brooks. Is my concern warranted? Yeah, absolutely. It's warranted. This team is thin at safety. There's no question about it. I guess, really, Rontez, Miles, and Doug Middleton are the only guys that you would look at as far as safety depth. I don't know that there's much else there. I don't know what to tell you. I think they're probably going to go after somebody once training camp cuts happen. They'll try and get a veteran. Maybe a trade will happen for depth kind of along the lines of when they got Terrence Brooks in the first place. But, yeah, you're absolutely right to be worried because there's really not a whole lot of depth at all behind May or even Adams for that matter.
0: Yeah, you'd honestly you'd be crazy not to be concerned about that, especially with the uh, the you know poor cornerback uh, group that they have too. Uh, the, the the front right now is looking really good for the Jets, but that secondary's got some question marks, and if there's an injury to Marcus May, then that, uh, that could be a problem. So you'd be crazy not to be concerned there. I'm I'm a big big fan of Doug Middleton, and if you could tell me that he is going to be healthy. And there's not going to be any, not have any injury uh, issues. Then I sit here and say, okay, maybe you shouldn't be so concerned. But he just has never been able to stay healthy. Oh, this, for I mean, however many years now, I watch him just light up training camp, look great, and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be his year. And then he goes and gets hurt again. And then even if he stays healthy, you have to wonder if all those injuries took his the toll a toll on him. And maybe he won't be the, the same player there. Rock own excellent special teamer, really good in the box against the run, but we all know how limited he is. Then you got somebody, somebody who I'm going to be keeping an eye out all camp is the, the guy that they they didn't sign, they didn't draft with the uh, supplemental draft last year, but they signed as a as a free agent with Brandon Bryant. Uh, that's somebody that I'm going to be watching closely because of the need at safety. But I'm with you. I agree that they will look to add some depth around safety, most likely in trading camp cuts. Maybe somebody pops up on the trade market, but I'd expect them to bolster that back end the, of the safeties there with us, somebody with training camp cuts.
1: Next question comes in from Michael Kekka, gangsta and confused. He says, is there anyone on this team that can take down Dowell Loggins in a training camp fight? I'm guessing no. There is an answer to this, and that answer is Bam Bam Douglas. That's where my money would be in a training camp fight. He'd be the only one that I would bet on to take out Dowell Loggins. But there is one other person that will be at all the training camps that I do think could probably take down Dowell Loggins, and that, of course, is our friend Dennis Wazak. Yes.
0: Uh, n- I'm, nobody can take it down Darryl Loggins. Man. Nobody. He's, he's beating up Dennis, too. Nobody's wow. Taking that guy beating out. up
1: Dennis. I don't know about that.
0: Yeah, well, I'm obviously laying the sarcasm on very, very
1: thick there. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis is from Staten Island. I keep telling people this. That's a very important thing yeah. to remember.
0: Yeah, just, just that fact alone. You know, I don't, don't even need know, to know Dennis or, or know what he looks like. Just that fact alone. I don't think there's anybody on, on that has ever lived on, in Staten Island that couldn't be Dowell Loggins.
1: Yeah, I agree, Chris, although I will make an exception for the cast members of the Jersey Shore that are from Staten Island. They're probably the only ones that would actually lose in a fight to Dowell Loggins. Jim <laughs> Tan Laundry, bro! Yeah, that's
0: fair. <laughs> that, that's, that's fair. That is absolutely fair. I'll take Dalla Loggins over those guys.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next question comes in from Gus Toon. He says, are we as Jets fans overrating our team or is the national media underrating the team? Also, would you welcome a Greg Williams bounty on Baker Mayfield in Game 2? Out of the current crop, who do you think gets QB2? I think and hope it will be Davis Webb. So, let's start with if... Jets fans are overrating the team or if the national media is underrating the team. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think there are some Jets fans that are overrating the team and some that have their expectations right around where they should be. I would say seven to nine wins is reasonable. There are some of the national media that think the Jets are going to go 4-12 and 12 or 5-11. and 11. I think that might be undershooting it a little bit. But I think it really depends on who you're talking to. As far as Baker Mayfield, I know you're joking, but no, I would absolutely not welcome a bounty on anybody. Greg Williams, I hope, learned his lesson on that one. And as far as backup QBs, I assume Trevor Simeon, barring injury, is going to win the backup job And I think QB3 is probably going to go to Luke Falk. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Davis Webb gets cut. There's a reason why Gase brought Luke Falk in here from Miami. I think he saw something that he liked last year and thinks he could do something with him. I think he realizes that Simeon is the only one with actual experience on the roster besides Sam Darnold. And that he can't go into the season with Davis Webb and Luke Falk who have never actually played in an NFL game. On his roster as the sole backup So that's what I would guess there I think that Luke Falk will stick As the third quarterback And I think the backup will be Trevor Simeon So Chris let's start with this What do you think about the expectations Jet fan expectations too high Or national media expectations too low
0: Well I mean To go with fan expectations You can always say that Fan expectations are too high For pretty much every team You can always say that uh, but I actually think that the at least the Jets fans that you know I interact with and I see on Twitter, I think that they they have pretty reasonable expectations for this year and what it should be. There's definitely going to be a segment that is thinks that they're you know going to go 12 and four or something, but then there's also probably knowing Jets fans, a segment of this fan base that thinks they're going to go 0 and 16 as well, because those fans always exist with the Jets as well. But I, I think for the most part, the Jets fan base is, is pretty reasonable with their expectations this year, and they're they, they are expecting, you know, between seven nine nine seven 7 type of year, uh, you know, pushing for the playoffs. Why not necessarily making it? I think that seems to be the general feeling and consensus from this fan base, maybe a game or two, one way or the other. With the national media, again, I think – most of the media that I've seen seems to be like, Hey, the Jets are going to be a pretty good team this year, but not like anything great. Uh, But then you see, I, I think it was pro football focus that put out something about saying that like the Jets had like the 31st, uh, ranked, uh, skill position players or something like that. I I believe I I could have it wrong. It might not have the TFF, but, uh, Somebody put that out there, and that that's just crazy. That's just madness. Uh, so there's always going to be some of that, and uh, the Jets could could legitimately be the best team in the league. And uh, there's always going to be people in national media who are going to sit there and say that the Jets aren't that. That's just the way it works in, in this market with this team. So, uh, but I think both of them, for the most part. Aggregated, they're, they're pretty reasonable pretty right down the middle. The Jets are going to be a good team this year. They're going to, to probably surprise some weeks, and they're probably going to disappoint some other weeks. And they're going to be around a 500 team. Yeah. As for the backup quarterback situation, I, I'm with you. I, I think it's going to be Trevor Simeon. It, it almost has to be Trevor Simeon. You're going to. I, I wrote about this an article on the website where I go into more detail about this, but he has the experience the other two guys don't but also a a huge part people always just look at the backup quarterback position and just it's just who's the better player we want the better player but None of these guys are going to really help the Jets if Sam Darnold has to miss uh, an extended period of time. If somebody has to come in for a game or two and hold it down, Trevor Simmons is going to be the guy that you want doing that. He has the experience. But a huge part of uh, a backup quarterback's job is to help the starter prepare. To to be able to go through and sit in the classroom and break down film with him to point out things that they see and the defenses and uh, you know where they can beat the defense and which players that, that Trevor Simeon can help him the most there uh, Luke Falk can also contribute probably more than Davis Webb because of his familiarity with Gates' system so I if they're gonna keep three quarterbacks I would actually say Falk is probably more likely to be the third, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets only kept two quarterbacks also. Um, But my my guess I'm putting my money on Trevor Simeon being the backup here, winning that job. And I know that's nothing to be excited about, but you're just hoping on hope. If you think that, you know, Davis Webb should be the guy there Um, and with really nothing, but just hope for that Uh, Simeon, not going to come in and light it up, but he's also not going to come in and just have no idea what he's doing. So I think that Gase is going to want to go with that comfort level, and then he can sit there and help uh, Sam week to week prepare for the next opponent on the schedule.
1: Simeon is what I like to call the equivalent of an innings eater in baseball. So he's a guy that you just want to put him out there And not have him lose the game for you. Just have him do well enough to give you a chance. And that's really all Simeon is going to be expected to do. If, God forbid, knock on wood, let's hope this doesn't happen. Sam Darnold gets hurt for a couple games. You hope that Simeon's good enough to maybe get you like a 2-2 and record or something if he's gone for four games. Obviously, if Darnold's gone for the season or something, knock on wood, let's hope that doesn't happen. Then you're really in big trouble regardless. But the idea of the backup quarterback, more times than not, is that he's the guy that can get you through a rough patch if your starting quarterback has to miss a little bit of time. Chris, can I also guess that you are with me in not approving of Greg Williams putting a bounty on Baker Mayfield?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's I'm definitely with you on that. And uh also I'm still like I his comments about the Giants uh, fans was out of nowhere and just ridiculous and he he is making I really was not a fan of his comments about Duke Johnson uh that the players don't go after other players for talking about contract stuff that's just something you don't do but I'm still I'm still here for all the Baker Mayfield stuff I I'm I don't want all my quarterbacks to just be robots and just give bland answers. I want I want more Baker Mayfields. I I and I said this leading up to the draft how I I would uh, I would welcome being able to cover it. I am glad that I can just watch it unfold and I don't have to comment on it now because if I was having to argue with people back and forth about this, it would drive me a little bit nuts. Sports are entertainment. Baker's entertaining even when he's doing dumb stuff and saying dumb stuff, so I'm still here for it.
1: All I'm going to say is I'm a big believer in Baker Mayfield's ability, and I think that he can be a franchise quarterback. I think we obviously saw that beginning to happen last season. If he wins and he performs, none of this matters, but the Browns are doing a lot of talking, especially Mayfield, a lot of talking, so they better back it up. Or they are going to face a lot of fire, and they're going to deserve it.
0: Absolutely, but again, that's still just entertainment for me, mm-hmm. so it's not going to bother me. That's I, I don't get why people, you know, who aren't Browns fans get get so worked up over it. Just laugh at it. Just laugh at it and enjoy it. it it's either way, it's going to be fun and entertaining. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs>
1: Next question or series of questions, I should say, comes in from John Flesh. He says, first of all, what is the magic number of division wins the Jets need to have a realistic shot at a playoff berth this season? Uh, It's tough to say because they're going to have to win a fair amount of non-division games, too. I would say that they probably have to at least go 500 in the division to have a chance at a playoff berth. I know that's kind of a weak answer, but it's really hard to say because of the other games on the schedule. So if they, say, lose twice to the Patriots, beat the Dolphins twice and split with the Bills, I think that's good enough to keep them in contention.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say at least four, probably five. Um, Hmm. They're going to have some other tough games outside the division, they're going to have to be able to, uh, to sweep the Bills and, and the Dolphins and probably steal one from the Patriots to really have a chance here. Uh, they could they could do it with four, but the five would give them a little more breathing room to make it safe there. Uh, but I, if they go three and three and they're split uh, with uh, the Bills and Dolphins, I don't think that's going to be enough to do it. I, I I think they'll need to get at least four to actually be able to make the playoffs here.
1: Well, he said realistic shot. He didn't say actually make the playoffs. So okay, that's where, okay,
0: then yeah. yeah, okay, then yeah, they could do it with three. Because again, I I keep saying I think the, those last two or three weeks of the season, fans are going to be looking at you know all the playoff scenarios, and the Jets are going to be in those graphics. They're going to be just out of it, and then by the end of the season, they're not going to they're not actually going to do it. But I think they'll be there. So yeah, three and three will work there.
1: And now he has a bunch of linebacker questions. So, John, let's answer these one by one. First question, is this make or break for Jenkins and Copeland in 2019? Jenkins, yes, because it's a contract year. So if he wants to get paid, he better do well this year with Greg Williams. Copeland, eh, I don't know if it's make or break. I think he'll still get another chance after this, depending upon what the Jets do in the offseason. He'll still be around because he's going to be on a cheap deal, but it obviously would be nice if he stepped up and produced this year.
0: Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, uh, this uh, I, I can't ask him this question, this follow-up question There is talking specifically make or break about Related to the Jets or just the NFL, because I think both of them are going to be fine. And if they're not with the Jets next year, somebody's going to pick both of them up. They both proven that they can have a role on an NFL team. And with Deon Jenkins, though, if if he wants to get uh, re-signed and brought back here and be with the Jets, then this be uh, make or break in that sense. Uh, but yeah, he's proven he's a he's a, a solid. Uh, you know, outside linebacker in the NFL. You want better, and you want to see more out of him, but some team will have no problem picking him up if the Jets don't. So, And uh, Copeland, a, a little bit lesser extent, but he has a role, and he can contribute as well. But if, if he's going to need to do a little more, and it's, it's the same thing. It, this doesn't just apply to these two players. It applies to almost everyone on this team the whole entire new coaching staff and a whole new GM in here is they don't have any loyalty, no reason to stick to any of these old players that are drafted by the old regime brought in by bowls that these players all are going to have to approve themselves to this coaching staff. If they want to be able to come back next year, the other, because they have no loyalty to them, they will move on. And we've seen it before where teams come in, where New coaches and GMs come in and get rid of players who were perfectly good enough, but they just want to bring in their guys. So every single one of these players is going to have to prove that to these co- this coaching staff, and those two are no exceptions there.
1: Next linebacker question is, who will be most productive off the edge this season? I want to say Ja'Kai Polite, but I'm going to say Jenkins. I think that Polite will have his moments where he'll flash, but I think overall Jenkins will probably be the more productive player just for this season. I think he showed a lot last year in terms of improvement. I don't think he's ever going to be a dynamic pass rusher or anything special, but I think the work he did with Chuck Smith did wonders, and I think it's likely that he will be the most effective edge rusher for the Jets in 2019.
0: Yeah, well, this simple math is going to tell you he's going to get the most snaps. He's going to get the most reps there, so he's going to make the most impact there. Uh, I, I I'm with you. I think if Kai Polite might will have a chance at having like the most just like wow, what just happened plays, but I still think that's going to be pretty limited. So you're going to have Jordan Jenkins just you know doing what he's supposed to do a lot of times, and he has uh, improved his game a lot as you talked about his work working with Chuck Smith. Um, his development as a pass rusher. I know it's still something that he has been working on, uh, continued to work on. Like you said, he's never going to develop into some huge, you know, Von Miller type sack artist, but he's, he does his job, does what he's supposed to be do. He's going to stay in his zone and his responsibility. He's going to defend the run really well and make those plays. And he's going to be able to, uh, you know, make plays here and there and uh, contribute uh, chips in some sacks there a lot of them might be some cheap sacks that you know the old Calvin Pace sacks that we used to see a lot with the Jets uh he might get some of those but I I think he'll have the biggest impact as far as numbers wise goes there for sure
1: next linebacker question which linebacker will thrive the most in Greg Williams scheme C.J. Mosley is the answer. I know it's the easy answer, and it's the obvious answer, but I think it's the correct answer. He's the best linebacker they have by leaps and bounds. I think he's going to be asked to do a lot in that system. I think he's going to be great against the run, specifically. Joe Blewett and I joked that it's going to be the triangle of death between the two Williams boys and C.J. Mosley when anybody tries to run there. And so that's my answer, C.J. Mosley.
0: I mean, I can't really even pretend to give out a different answer. Uh, we're gonna have to wait to see how Greg Williams uses everybody else. I, you know, I think that Brandon Copeland, Frankie Lou, who could uh, could have uh, a, a really nice impact on this team uh, under Greg Williams, depending on how they he uses them. But C.J. Mosley is head and shoulders the best linebacker on this team, and it doesn't really matter the system or the co- who's coaching him. He's going to be the best uh, linebacker this team has. And It's going to be from a middle linebacker position, so he's not going to get the sack numbers. He's not, you know, elite in uh, or the best in coverage, so he's not going to do any, you know, Luke league type stuff and uh, dominate in that aspect but he's just going to be absolutely solid anchor of the middle of that defense. And I just don't see how I could possibly answer this question with anybody else, but him,
1: Last linebacker question, dark horse linebacker to carve out a key role this season, Luvu, Cashman, or other? So Luvu is the obvious answer. You could also go with Cashman, but here's one I'm going to throw out at you just because I want to be a little bit different. Joe Blewett was telling me that he's been looking at the film of James Burgess, who the Jets just claimed off of waivers from the Dolphins. He really likes what he saw and says he thinks Luvu's got some serious competition in Burgess, so... I think that Burgess could be somebody that you should keep an eye on as training camp gets ready because if Joe Blewett likes him, and I'll admit I haven't had a chance to take an in-depth look at him, but I trust Joe's eye. If he likes him, that means something to me. That means that he could be in line to possibly make an impact in training camp and maybe stick on the roster.
0: Yeah, I'm certainly not going to question Joe on this, but I, I not going to sit here and pretend that i've watched anything on james burgess so i can't answer that if uh like you said luvu seems to be too obvious of an answer with for a dark horse um i'm gonna go i'll go with cashman there but i think uh luvu has a better chance but i just i don't think that i can really classify luvu as a dark horse there uh, I, I just, I I could do it if this, if the linebacker unit was, you know, filled out better, if there was a lot more talent on this. But LuVu right now, I could see him and Copeland being interchangeable and Greg Williams getting a lot out of both of them. If he uses them certain ways, we'll have to wait and see, again, exactly how he uses them, what they have in mind for him, um, you know, you should absolutely hope that Joe's right there, but I, I have, uh, yeah, I, I don't have any, any stance on James Burgess, so I'll go with Cashman as the dark horse there.
1: That's going to wrap things up for part one of the weekend mailbag. We'll be back with part two tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure you follow Chris on Twitter, at Jets Insider, and at C. Nimbly. Visit his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com, and for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go let turn on the Jets digital and turn on thejets.com.